0: Welcome to another Griffith University podcast.
1: Okay everyone, Uh, we might get started,
0: so thanks very much for coming along. Today we have with us Dr. Honjoon Kim, who is a research fellow at the Griffith Asia Institute. And today, um, Honjoon is going to talk to us about the emergence of truth commissions in transitional societies, posing the question of... How they are created, and uh, also how effective they are. So I'll hand over to you. Thanks very much. Okay. All right, um, thank you all for coming to my research seminar. And uh, as mentioned, today's talk is about what I call uh, the truth commission phenomenon. The first of all, let me just describe what the truth commission phenomenon is. The first, more and more countries are creating a thing called a tr- truth commission to investigate the past human rights violations after transition. And then second, the period these truth commissions investigate gets longer and longer, which means that the temporal mandates of the truth commission has been ex- expanded over time. Some truth commissions nowadays investigate over 40 or 50 years of past history. And finally, more and more countries are using the truth commissions at a multiple point of time after transition. Uganda, Uruguay, Nepal, Chile, South Korea are a few examples. In sum, there is a some change in the world about these truth commissions. Not only the numbers are increasing, but also their functions are becoming more extensive and intensive today. So today, uh, I want to address a two interrelated questions on this phenomenon. The first, on the causes, and then the second, on the impact. Uh, Here is the outline. Um, The first, I'll briefly explain what truth commissions are. Many of us are familiar with the term from the well-known South African TRCA, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. But clearer understanding is needed in order to capture the truth commission experiences elsewhere. And second, I'll briefly explain why the truth commission is a relevant research topic. And then, I will address my two research questions. The first, why do states address past human rights violations using truth commissions after transition? And second, do they deter the future human rights violations? And then, I will introduce uh, previous explanations and then the method I apply to test these theories. I will briefly mention the research design, uh, data, and then method in my presentation, but I'm happy to discuss them um, you know, in a Q&A session if you are interested. Uh, I will then show my contribution to the literatures and conclude with a few uh, thoughts. One disclaimer, uh, this part of my research on truth commission uh, is just a one part of my research. And this portion of my research uh, presumes the highest level of the generalization and abstraction. This, by employing a cross-national time series analysis of 100 transitional countries over a 30-year period. Some researcher, I guess, starts from more specific and then concrete cases, and others start with big pictures. I'm in the latter category, I think. The statistical method gives a practical and then useful tool to test previous theories. Uh, from the existing literatures. It is also useful to see the overall trend and then dispel any uh, simplistic myth. Nevertheless, I am fully aware of the fact that it also is an imperfect tool, and I have no intention of overpowering or dismissing the findings from the well-performed case studies. A Truth Commission is an official government body temporarily set up to investigate the past history of human rights violations. Well-known cases are 1983, Argentine Commission, um, which is also famous for its final reports, Más, translated as a never again. And of course, there is 1995, the South African TRC. However, there are many more lesser known cases in the world. In defining Truth Commissions, there are four defining characteristics of Truth Commissions. First, it is a newly established temporary body. It differs from other permanent institutions such as Congressional Public Hearings or Standing Human Rights Commissions. The Truth Commissions are newly created with a specific documented mandate which outlines the commission's terms of references. And and those documents clearly states the length of the um, commission's activities, which usually ranges from nine months to three years and averages around one to two years. And second defining characteristic of uh, Truth Commission is the Truth Commissions are officially sanctioned by the state either by the executives or by the legislature after transition. So, truth commissions are distinguished from those truth projects initiated by private actors, such as church or the human rights NGOs. It is officially sanctioned by the government. And third, the very basic function of the truth commission is to investigate the past human rights violations. The mandate that clearly stipulates the investigatory power of the Truth Commission, and oftentimes gives a lot of privilege to uh, associate with the investigation. For example, the witness protection, or Safina, or a search and seizure warrant, and sometimes right to uh, request and access information. The subject of the investigation is a systemic pattern of abuses over time such as apartheid, disappearance, torture under a certain military or authoritarian regime. The human rights in the case of the Truth Commission is usually defined as a political and then civil right rather than more controversial economic or cultural rights. More specifically, the most Truth Commissions aim at investigating the physical integrity rights, or sometimes called a right to life or uh, right to bodily integrity, which are the rights from torture, um, and then the political killing, arbitrary arrest or detention, or disappearances. And finally, the Truth Commission have specific objectives. The most basic and then common goal is to discover, clarify, and officially acknowledge the past abuses. However, this is not only Uh, done in order to shed a light to the past. More important objectives are toward the future. The other most common objective is to prevent the future violations. So investigating the past abuses in order to prevent the future abuses is the key objective of the Truth Commission. In the next few slides, I will show you the relevance of the Truth Commission phenomena by presenting a few figures from the database I created. The first, between 1974 and then 2004, 28 countries have created truth commissions. The number of truth commissions itself increases if you consider the number of countries that um, which created more than one truth commission. In addition, between 2004 and today, Uh, scholars identified a few more countries which initiated truth commissions. The Fiji, the Solomon Island, the Liberia, and Democratic Republic of Congo. The number of countries creating the truth commission steadily increased after 1983 Argentine Commission. And then the graph shows that there is a, uh, the adoption rate is slightly increased after the 1995 South African TRC. The map shows a, a spatial a temporal dispersion of the Truth Commission. It shows that in 1980s, the Truth Commissions started in the Latin American countries, namely uh, Argentina and then the Bolivia. Throughout, throughout the 1980s and 1990s, it expanded uh, in the Latin American countries, but also it appeared in Asia and Africa. One interesting point here about the uh, uh, spatial temporal dispersion is there is a dramatic increase of the truth commissions in Africa after 1995, which is why many scholars uh, thought that there may be a contagion effect of the South African TRC. A popular belief about the truth commission is that the states established the truth commissions immediately after transition because many prominent commissions, like Argentina, South Africa, and then Chile, have established their truth commissions immediately after transition. As expected, the 40% of countries created the truth commission within the three years of transition. However, my data also shows that this is not not the full story. Another 40% of countries create the truth commissions 10 years after the transition. Others like the Paraguay, the Ghana, and Peru, more than 15 years after the transition. So these delayed truths become more apparent in recent cases. Finally, as I mentioned earlier, the period of investigation is getting longer and longer, as you can see in this figure. The later commissions tend to have a longer and an extensive temporal (laughs) mandate about the period they investigate. So for example, Paraguay has almost 50 years uh, of history they have to investigate. So compared to the early uh, Truth Commissions, which usually investigated less than 20 years, uh, there is a change in the the mandate of the Truth Commission. In addition to this trend, I have to address three additional points uh, on the importance of the Truth Commission. First of all, the Truth Commissions are expensive. It's not cheap. Uh, And that matters for the policy decision makers. Uh, For example, South African TRC uh, costs about $40 million, US dollars. And then South Korean Truth Commission costs about $16 million per year. And then it has been lasted for over 10 years now. And second, uh, Truth Commission, in its title, contains a truth uh, in it. The very few political institutions contain the term truth in its uh, title of the institutions. And it, I think it, it, by itself, it causes an intense debate uh, before the Truth Commission causes an intense debate in society before and during and after its term. And the third, that as Truth Commissions become more and more popular, there has been also increase in the number of what scholars called unofficial truth projects. The many local governments, or local councils, uh, grassroots organizations, local NGOs, churches, are using this truth commission format to address a certain issue of their interest. Already, the human rights NGOs in Guatemala, Zimbabwe, and Northern Ireland, and uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, had initiated such project. In addition, ever since the torture case in Abu Ghraib, and then the Guantanamo, and then the release of the torture memo in the U.S., uh, the Truth Commission has been referred to as a viable option. All this shows why studying the Truth Commission at this point of time is relevant. My first question is on the cause of the Truth Commission phenomena. Why do states create the Truth Commission after transition? Um, first of all, there is a variation in the choice. Not all transitional countries adopt the truth commissions. In my data, it shows that 28 countries have adopted the truth commission out of 100 transitional countries between 1974 and 2004. Also, as I, showed, as I, just, as I just showed, there are more variations in the timing of adoption. The previous answer to this question are quite straightforward, and then can be summarized into three broad categories. The first, the rational choice or the realistic explanation. These were the, mainly the scholars of the comparative politics uh, who studied the new waves of democratization in the 1970s and 1980s, the Samuel Huntington, Guillermo O'Donnell. For them, the creation of a Truth Commission is understood as mainly the function of the domestic politics, and more specifically, it is especially the function of the balance of power between the old and the new elites, immediately after the transition. They firmly believed that the Truth Commission were a short-lived and then fetish, phenomena. It either comes immediately after the transition or never. That was their prediction. The Huntington... Argues that the power balance is determined by the characteristics of the transition. Three types of transi- three characteristics or three types of transitions are important: transformation, transplacement, and the replacement. The transformation is when the old elites decide to adopt democracy, and then transplacement is when an old and a new elite negotiate a transition, and then the replacement is a total defeat of an old elite, either by a military defeat or by other dramatic uh, breaks. According to Huntington and other like-minded scholars, the truth commissions appear when there is a clean break with the past, where the old elite is weak and the new elite is strong. However, the later scholars challenged these explanations as they witnessed the demand for truth Become increasingly effective in many societies, in, transi- in many so- transitional societies. Also, as they witnessed, the international factor become more and more important. The scholars noticed that the- there is a two big holes in the realist and the rational choice explanation. The first, the power balance is inadequate to explain the delayed adoption of the truth commission. It only <coughs> explains the early adoption of the truth commission. And second, the role of the international community became too important to ignore. Therefore, two alternative explanations emerged out of this. The first, the scholars started to pay attention to the increase in the number and the effectiveness of the domestic and the international advocacy groups promoting the truth commission in transitional society. The rationale is simple, the demand for truth from the affected population in transitional society has always been present, but has not always been a politically active or the politically effective advocacy to create a truth commission. Thus, the scholars conclude that what drives the expansion of the truth commissions are successful and effective advocacy. Some find the important role of the individuals and social movements, and others notice the role of the international governmental and the non-governmental organization, or sometimes the interplay between the domestic and international. On the other hand, the scholars who noticed the recent development in Africa suggested that the policy diffusion process might be the answer. The diffusion occurs when the decision to create a truth commission in one country is influenced by the previous choices by other transitional countries. The diffusion theory is highly plausible because my data shows there is a spatial and a temporal clustering pattern of the truth commissions. The international relations scholars have already been offered a diffusion explanation on similar patterns in global politics, such as the spread of the democracy, the liberal, Uh, economic policies, or conflict, or the treaty ratification. In sum, there are three main theories. And then although these three theories were argued in a separate case studies, they never have been put into a test simultaneously in one cross-national analysis. Here is my research design. The my dependent variable is whether Truth Commission was established or not, and when. An independent variable are the characteristic of the transition for the rational choice explanation, the number of domestic human rights NGO and then UN involvement for uh, for transnational network, and the number of truth commission in neighbors for diffusion theory. These operationalization may not be the perfect, but captures the most important aspect of each theory. I also included 11 other factors as a control that may positively or negatively affect the likelihood of establishing the Truth Commission. Here, I used the event history analysis, which is also called a duration or survival analysis. Uh, this was called by this name because it was first employed in a medical school to study the impact, uh, for example, of the tobacco uh, used on the outbreak of lung cancer. It is a model for duration. How soon or how long does it take uh, for a particular group of patients to have a cancer? The model was recently, about five years ago, uh, started to be used in the field of political science, but with a uh, different emphasis to explain the outbreak of the war, coup, cool, or some other policy measures. So my finding is interesting. The first of all, among three theories, the winners are diffusion, and then transnational advocacy network explanations. All relevant indicators turned out to be statistically significant, and this finding is held strong in various model specification and various tests. The first, I, I found strong evidence of the diffusion effect. The states are more likely to create a truth commission if such measures has already been used by their neighbors. And second, I found a positive <coughs> and the significant effect of the domestic and international advocacy groups. The domestic advocacy and the UN involvement had a both an independent and interaction effect on the creation of the Truth Commission. In sum, the recent criticism to the realist or rational choice explanations are correct. <coughs> it is not just a domestic process, and it is not just the elite power balances. The previous power balance theory is incomplete and outdated. However, my study does not r- repudiate the power balance theory as a whole. It is partially supported. I tested whether the characteristics of transition has a different impact on truth commission establishment over a different time period. Interestingly, The characteristics of transition variable had a varying effect over time, and it turned out that it is statistically significant in affecting the Truth Commission establishment before 1989, before the the end of the Cold War. This makes sense because both contagion and then transnational advocacy network was not as strong uh, in these early periods. Thus, Huntington, O'Donnell, and Schmitter were not entirely wrong. The problem was that they were short-sighted and they were not able to see the long-term picture. However, the more important question remains. How do these transnational advocacy networks and then the diffusion theory, how do they work together in causing a truth commission phenomenon? Which is more important among these two? How do these two processes link with each other? Does diffusion occur because domestic advocacy groups want neighbors' experience to be effective in their country? Or is it more like a push factor um, that is working, regardless of what the domestic advocacy groups want or not? These are more interesting questions, which cannot be answered by the statistical analysis. I can give you my answer from the South Korean case, but I think I still need a further case study to explore these further questions. One advantage of the event history analysis is its outlier plot, showing the cases that are seriously deviated from my prediction of the, mo- the, the prediction of the model. I found four outliers. The first, Brazil is an interesting outlier. My model predicts that Brazil should have created truth commissions sooner. But currently, Brazil doesn't have a truth commissions so far, so the, my prediction is that Brazil should have created a truth commission, because 80 to 90 percent of its neighbors already had a Truth commission, and then the country has a very strong and active domestic human rights advocacy. However, Brazil had not yet adopted truth commissions. Why? I do not have an answer. But it seems like that the Brazil is going to create one in the near future. So maybe, uh, probably be no longer the outlier once they create the Truth Commission. And that was the conference I went in the UK about the Brazilian Truth Commission. On the other hand, I have uh, three outliers that created the Truth Commission against the prediction of my model. The Uganda, the Serbia, and the South Korea. The Uganda and Serbia case are known failures. The Uganda established the Truth Commission in 1986 under Museveni, and for eight years, the Commission did not function properly. The Serbian Commission also could not finish the report, and it was effectively dismantled next year. The South Korea Truth Commission is different. It started its work in 2000, and then published this report in 2003, and then generally is viewed as a success, in part. I think this has to do with the fact that there was no truth commissions uh, in neighbors. Sometimes the global or the regional pioneers stood out as an outlier in the statistical analysis. Enough about the causes. Let's move on to the impact question. Do truth commissions deter the future violations? In specific, do they deter the future abuses of physical Integrity rights. That's the next question. In my study, I only focus on a structural level explanation. How the Truth Commission experience changed the society, the culture, the political system. However, I have to let you know that there are many individual level theories which focuses on an individual psychological healing uh, of the Truth Commission. But that's the part I'm not dealing with here. There are two groups of scholars answering this question. The first, there is a group of scholars who see the positive impact of the truth commissions. There are about four logical, the causal logics uh, to these explanations. The first and the most common argument is the truth commission, by naming the names of the perpetrators, and exposing the perpetrator in a public hearing or in media contribute to the public shaming of the perpetrators, which deters the current and future elites from adopting any repressive policy, thus contributing to the human rights. That's the first line. First commission, public shaming, deterrence, and that improves the human rights. However, if you can see here, there is a different explanation about the public shaming. Others argue that the public shaming and all the media attention is viewed as a threat for the perpetrators, especially for whom in who were in the security sectors. And that would lead to a coup or a coup attempt, which, if successful, will lead to the exacerbation of human rights. So there is a contending argument about the role of the public shaming. And then the second line of thought is that the Truth Commission, by exposing the nature of the gruesome past human rights violations, contribute to discredit the old elites, and thus preventing them from returning to power. And this promotes the human rights. That's the B, in the line B. And the third, and then this usually applies in a civil war situation and then transition from civil war. Truth commissions settle the conflict over the past, and this could promote the peace which leads to the tr- uh, human rights protections. That's line C, in the positive side. However, there is also an alternative ex- explanation or the contradictory expectation about the role of the Truth Commission in this regard. Others argue that oftentimes any attempt to resolve the past human rights violation or the past atrocities intentionally or unintentionally leads to the resentment and discontent in both parties, which will provoke uh, the further tension and then inflaming the volatile situation for another conflict. So that will lead to the another conflict, and then that will exacerbate the human rights, will lead to the human rights violation. That's the line C in negative, a negative impact. And then the last line of thought is that truth commissions usually expose the institutional pathology of the state apparatus, because a lot of human rights violations are usually committed by the state agencies. The law enforcement Judges, you know, the security, the police, and military—the usual suspects. However, truth commission also reveals sometimes reveals that the judges, or lawyers, or state officials, or even like the doctors, who are supposed to protect citizens, were also the accomplices. Thus, this information leads to a the reform of the government institutions, or sometimes creation. Of the permanent and standing human rights institution in the country, which promotes a human rights. So there are different lines of thought about the positive and negative impacts. However, although it may look, uh, although it is a, is a complex, their expectations or observable expectations are pretty much simple. It's either positive or negative. So, to test these hypotheses, again. Dependent variable, so this is, is a completely different model from the first model. The my dependent variable is a physical integrity rights. And then sometimes the subcategories, such as torture, disappearance, political killing, and then arbitrary detentions. And my independent variables are the truth commission experiences. And I controlled for eight other factors that are already known to affect the country's level of the repression as a control. And here, I used two models. The first, the ordered private model, and then the two-stage model. The reason for adopting the two-stage model is because there was a concern that there is a possible endogeneity in my design. In other words, there is a possible reverse causation or the reverse causality that my dependent variable, the level of repression, may affect my independent variable, the probability of having truth commissions in the first place. My findings are quite straightforward. The first, the truth commissions do have a positive impact on human rights practices in transitional countries. And this relationship is held strong when various tests and specifications were employed. By arguing this, I'm not saying that truth commissions always lead to a positive impact. There may be a variation by case by case. And I am also convinced, by reading some case study literatures, that in some cases, the Truth Commission may exacerbate the human rights in a specific case. However, my finding shows that overall, uh, throughout the 100 countries and 30 years of history, the Truth Commission's improve human rights. And those findings about the negative impacts it's kind of a difficult to generalize, so it is really difficult to uh, have an um, have an external validity uh, beyond those cases. The second finding is that truth commissions are especially effective in deterring the future torture. So I think is a uh, good advice for the U.S. citizens <laughs> or the U.S. Um, decision makers, right? However. This does not mean that the truth commissions do not have an impact on other types of the physical integrity rights. As you can see in the below table, the truth commissions significantly deter all types of the physical integrity rights. But it is especially effective in deterring the torture across the region. And then the shaded uh, area are the the findings uh, that are statistically significant. And final finding is that finally... There are the regional variation in the effect of the truth commissions, and this is somewhat troublesome. Something that annoys me. But first of all, I have to say that there is no one specific region that skews my finding on the truth commission effect. The positive effect of the truth commission holds strong when I test for the various regional effects. Some scholars criticize or worry. Whether it is a Latin America, that skews my finding. But the positive impact of the truth commissions still holds when I remove the Latin American countries from, my, uh, from the model. However, there are still the regional variations. In Latin America, the truth commissions are effective in deterring the killing and torture. In Europe, disappearance, torture, and imprisonment. In Asia, the torture. More problematic finding is about the Truth Commission effect in Africa. As I explained, there was a surge of the Truth Commission in Africa after the South African TRC. And if you remember from the map, the 40% of the Truth Commissions are in Africa. However, the African countries showed no signs of positive impact of Truth Commissions. It doesn't have a positive effect. It doesn't have a negative impact. The impact is... Uh, well, it, it doesn't have an impact at all. Uh, that's the, the what my model tells me so far. However, I mean this is really irony or slapping in the face for me because truth commission seems to be not working in a place where its positive impact is most needed. Uh, I have one explanation though. It may be too soon to see a positive impact of the truth commission in Africa since. The most truth commissions were established after 1995 and then my analysis stops at 2004. Compared to the many Latin America, Asia uh, countries which uh, established, which created truth truth commission before 1995, so that may be one explanation, but so far I don't have any answer, okay? All right, so I'll leave it here and then get some comments and answers. Okay, thanks very much, Andrew. It was very, very interesting. For more Griffith University podcasts, go to www.griffith.edu.au forward slash podcasts.